This is Mike Bartolomeo, pastor of Church for the Harvest in Alexandria, Minnesota. The Bible is the Word of God. Within its pages are revealed God's perfect will and plan for mankind, the answers to life's hardest questions, and instructions on how to live a victorious Christian life. I believe the following message can change your life if you will let it. Join us now as we share the Word of God today. Um, these next few weeks, uh, I actually have more material than I have time, so I'm going to cut short this today and, and try to f- flow into, into next week. But I want to talk to you about something that I feel is, is, is pertinent in our day and age. I want to talk to you about the prophetic, but more on the lines of spiritual discernment and discerning the truth. You know, we live in an age that is rampant with deception, the Bible talks about that, that in, in towards the end of the age, there's going to be increase in deception. Now, this is what I'm going to talk about here, not so much preaching, I may get into it, but more is teaching and laying out some truths of God, word, how you can discern as the truth from what's false and what's not real or what's of the flesh. How many with me say amen? <clears throat> so this is not an anti-miracles or that the gifts have gone away. How many know we don't believe that? Amen. Amen. Uh, But to discern the truth against the counterfeit and to bring clarity. How many know we need God's manifestation of his gifts more than ever? And that may be shocking to some of you because you may be cessationists and think that stuff's done away with and you won't see that and it's much more. But how many know if you're looking for God to move, most of the time you're going to see him move. <laughs> but if you don't believe he will, you're not going to even step out and take that step of faith. Can you say amen? So, uh, growing in the prophetic, uh, this is the first week talking about spiritual discernment. We have a text here, a couple um, it's one to read Acts 2, 15 to 17, and it shall be in the last days. Somebody shout last days. <clears throat> How many know this was written 2,000 years ago? <laughs> That's a long last day, isn't it? Come on now. We're still here. Some of you thought it would be gone, 1999, you know, Y2K. Yeah, we're still here. Some of you still have the generators, too, that you bought. <clears throat> and still some of that freeze-dried fruit, food that you just mix water with. Hey, we're still here. God has a reason for us still being here. Maybe it's perhaps not us coming into a holy huddle, hiding away with coffee and lima beans in the basement. Come on now and just, you know, just secretly hanging on. Here's the thing. If you think of the picture of the enemy taking over, the Antichrist, everything being, you know, destroyed, and, and then the church is just hidden away, hiding because the devil has gotten, come on now, so big, that's a defeat to the gospel. Amen. That's how I see it. I mean, if God has to snatch us away, and I'm, I'm, not, I'm not saying that, you know, he's not coming back for his bride, amen, but snatch us away because it's gotten so bad, the Christian influence in our lives really did not influence this world. That's not the kingdom of God that I see in the scripture. I see the kingdom expanding. I see the kingdom growing. I see the you know, we're taking a trip here in a few weeks, going back to Sri Lanka and the North Country. This is a, a hot Buddhist Hindu area, mostly Hindu. And a lot of them, they don't even have electricity still. They don't even have, you know, running water. They have deep wells, cisterns that they, this is in 2020, <laughs> you know, 2020. And, and we're going to preach the gospel. There's going to be three or 400 pastors there that come out. And there's going to be a crusade to, 
hundreds coming out for this evangelistic crusade. You need to pray for us for this. This is a representation of you and our church going to the nation of Sri Lanka again. Amen? And so the gospel's going forth. The kingdom of God is being established, albeit, yes, the heathens rage. You know, the kings are upset of this world, but, but the kingdom of God is going forth. Can you say amen? amen. But watch this. The Bible says that... <clears throat> Uh, it says, and it shall be in the last days, said God, that I'll pour my spirit upon all mankind. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men shall see divinely prompted visions, and your old men shall dream divinely prompted dreams. I just kind of broke this down. He's talking about the prophet Joel in chapter 2, 28, when he talks about it. Uh, um, Peter on the day of Pentecost, and it says, I will pour my spirit upon all mankind. The whole, it actually means to every kind, every people, every tribe, and every nation. That's good. And he says, now watch this. And your daughters and your sons shall prof prophesy. Prophesy actually means to foretell the mind of God in a particular situation. God wants to flow through you to, to speak into the lives of other believers. Can you say amen? You know, 99% of prophecy is edification, exhortation, and comfort. Can we say that? Say edification, exhortation, and comfort. Every single one of you can do that to somebody. You see a brother or sister that's hurt and they're really going through something. I just want to speak words. You don't have to, thus saith the Lord, and throw water up in the air. You know, you don't have, you don't have to do it. You just go, can I, you know, what's going on with you? Can I pray for you? Can I speak a word of comfort into your life? That's prophecy. That's 99%. Now, when it gets to specifics and, you know, uh, all, that has to be judged. Can I get an amen? That prophecy needs to be judged. Let's say it to the Lord. You're not supposed to marry him, even though you're married now. You're supposed to marry. No, 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 no. Come on now. We got to bring clarity to that, right? And so there's a lot of that goofiness going on. But we need to, we need to discern the real from the false, okay? Are you still love me? Say amen. And so it says this, that you shall divinely see prompted visions, the art of seeing and appearance. Or, uh, it actually means visible, that God is going to pour out a spirit to do that. Dreams, it actually means uh, in, in your sleep, you'll see a vision in, in that. In, in your dream, God will speak through that. And it says this, that your young men, and actually one translation says those for 40 and under. I'm out of that category, but I saw you for it. I thought, oh, that's interesting. I actually put a date on it, but well. Uh, but, but so the, the young men, it talks about uh, visions, and it says then, your old men, which actually means, watch this, mature man, seasoned with judgment. Amen. I like that definition, too. Just throwing that out there. But it's saying this, that, that, that God is going to pour out a spirit and, and, and he's going to do it on all flesh and that's for his sons and his daughters and, and, and then there's going to be a, a great surge of God speaking to his people. Can you say amen? Now, here's what I want to get into and what, where we get into deception here. And I'm not saying this as a thus saith the Lord, but I'm just kind of laying this out here. Can I just do that today? You know, just kind of something for you to kind of go, hmm, let me ponder this. Let me just, you know, and just be aware of it because how many know that the scripture says in the last days that if it be possible, many of the elect will be deceived. It says that, and that's always bothered me. And it, and it talks about that, that how that, that, that even, you know, it could be some, some seasoned people, but they would get caught up with things that, that, that really are not of God and they'll be deceived. See, I've said this before and you've heard it. The thing about deception is that it's deceiving, right? Right? You, you don't know you're deceived. You think you're right. Now, uh, husbands, don't look at your wife right now. 
But how many times were you were wrong, men? And you thought, come on now. The wives are just looking really straightforward. <laughs> yeah. And vice versa. You know what? Because you, you know, you say, I'm right in this, but you really are wrong. Somebody smile at me. Say amen, Pastor Mike. I've been many times, okay? <laughs> wrong. I'm saying, I thought I was right. No, I was wrong. But you know, we, this, that's the thing about deception. It's deceiving. And, 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 and so that's why we need others in our lives. We need the church. We need family to kind of come up against us and go, oh, hey, bro, what, what are you doing there? You know, hey, you know, why, why are you acting like that? Come on, brother, sister, you know. And it, it, God does that to help us mature so we're not goofballs. Amen? You know, I mean, there's a lot of goofballs out there because they're just not connected. They're not connected in, into God's purposes and kingdom. So this scripture here in Revelation, interesting text. I'm just going to throw this out. And, and, and I've spoke about this probably almost 20 years ago. And, and uh, I, I really feel, though, it's, it's something uh, for our day and age now. And I, I, I've seen it unfold in light of what's going on in, in the current culture. It says, it's, and the merchants of the earth weep and mourn over her, for no man buys their merchandise anymore. Merchandise of gold and silver. Somebody shout gold and silver. And the precious stone, the cattle, sheep, and merchandise of horses and chariots and slaves, and the souls of men. Somebody shout the souls of men. So I want you to see in this list of merchandise, it commences, it begins with gold and silver and it ends with the souls of men. And one translation says, a, a trading in human bodies, an exchanging of the souls of men as merchandise in the last days. I thought, hmm, that's interesting. So we see, and, and perhaps maybe this is a prophetic picture, I don't know, but we know there's been all this, and it's talking about, you know, Babylon, it's just talking about that world system, what it is, symbolic of a type of a demonic world economic system, and yes, there was a real Babylon, but there's some prophetic truth in here, but it seems like, you know, with all this bartering going on, and towards the end of the age, there'll be a bartering, and there'll be a, a purchasing or a using of the souls of men. Interesting, the souls of men. You know, one of the things Satan promised through the serpent Eve was what? When he said, if you eat of this fruit, you will become like what? That's what we say small g, but he meant it Elohim in the Hebrew, that you're going to become like God. And with the new age that we have today, that is the main thrust that you become God in your life. And, and, and we'll talk about that um, more and more as we, we have time. And so, so, so that was one of the, if I could say it, not promise, but where Satan, I believe, in the end, wants to make good on that. And he wants to take that, that the souls of men, and, and do that in and through our lives. Let me just back up here quickly, and, and Lord willing, next week we'll get into it. The Bible said when Adam was created, God said he is a living soul. Somebody shout soul. I mean, you know, I know Paul talked about it, but we're spirit, soul, body, three-part being. Amen? That's what the Bible talks about. And, and our spirit is our connection to God. Our soul is who we are. And it's, it's what God made us. It helps us identify who we are. And, and then our physical body, yes, the flesh. Uh, and, and, and at the time of creation, now watch this, when God created us, he created us spirit, soul, and body. But the soul had preeminence in Adam. I said, what do you mean, Pastor Mike? Well, without getting in too confusing here, just follow with me if you can as I get on a little bunny trail. How many know that Adam, in his state he was created, was brilliant? Yep. How many animals can you name right now? Right. He didn't 
just memorize the names of zoology. The Bible says he named all of them. Have you ever seen the books of zoology? I think it's this thick. I said, well, there's so many that passed away. That means, okay, we're down to here. But all of those animals, everything that he named, he said, you shall be called elephant. <laughs> you are giraffe with that long neck. You know, he, he named them. God said whatever Adam said that they were, that's what they were. How many know that takes a brilliant mind? There's something, the, the state before the fall, Adam, we would look at him as almost miraculous in his state, just in his state. I'll just, I'll just throw that out there to you. It just was like, we would look at him like, wow. You know what? He didn't sweat before the fall. Because it said, after the fall, in the sweat of your brow, you shall work your labor. There was no sweat. I mean, you know, in God's kingdom, there's no struggle. Come on now, there's no sweat. You're not going to be sweating in heaven. Man, I've been working in heaven. and None of that. And you don't have to pay taxes. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> yeah. Anyhow, render to Caesar. You know, <clears throat> moving right along. But, but, but. And, and so I believe Satan is trying to make good on that, if I could say promise, that in the end days. Now, here's the thing. After the fall, the Lord said this. He said that you're a living soul. But after the fall, he said, man is flesh. And I will not contend with him for more than 120 years. We see that in Genesis 6. He said, just before the flood. And so, so now God labels man as flesh. What happened? After the fall, the, the spirit that he was made of, soul and body, the soul that, that, that where the flesh was subjected to the soul in the spirit man, he would respond to his spirit with God and connect, and the flesh would obey. It got flipped. Come on now, are you with me? It got turned upside. And that power of the soul, follow with me now, became latent. It became constricted. And God said, you are going to operate that. And it constricted it within the flesh. I don't know how else to explain it uh, uh, in that way. That, that it's just that, that so that where his ascendancy in his soul with the spirit was there, it got flipped upside down. Now he's flesh. Appetites. He sweats. He's tired. He works. He's exhausted. His back hurts. All of these things that we deal with that are part of, part of the curse. And death set, set in. <clears throat> How many know the only way out of here is we're going to die? <laughs> so I'll let you know that. <laughs> you know, praise the Lord. I'm glad you came this morning. But that, that, that's, you know, that's the only way out. But he was an eternal being, and your spirit is going to live forever. Can you say amen? And so, so what happened is, and so, so he's trying to make good on that, and what happened is that soul, that there was miraculous, that, that power that God gave him came locked up in the flesh. And what we have now, and uh, I'm not going to spend that much more time on this here, but we have now is we have people, and the Bible talks about false prophets, that they do many signs and wonders, and it makes you get confused. You just think, well, if something miraculous happens, it all has to be God. And my brothers and sisters, that's not the case. How many know Satan can do wonders? And what he's trying to do, because what happened is that our flesh, how many know, came under the dominion of Satan. Christ has redeemed us, right, as believers. But the world, it came under. And Satan knows, he goes, I want that soul power in mankind. I want to resurrect that. I'm going to do that. He's been doing that throughout the ages. And see, and now more than ever, we see those are tarot cards. We people soothsaying. We have people that are going to, you know. There, there's a place in New York City on, in Fifth at Manhattan. Do you know what the square footage is to rent a place like that? It's unbelievable. And they have tarot cards and they have people and billionaires and millionaires are going there to read their palms in their future. 
Don't think it's not big business, it is. It's big business. And, and these people are tapping in, hear me now, through the flesh, subduing the flesh, and out of that, they're trying to release that soul power God said not to do. Because in that, hear me, in that realm is where the devil operates. Come on now. That's where the enemy operates. The Lord said, I want you as my sons and daughters to operate through my spirit in your spirit, not your soul power. And so what we have today is soul power. Be who you are today. Be all you can be with your soul. And, and they try to consecrate themselves. They get into things like breatherism where you don't even have to eat food. I don't like that one. You know, or, or all these things that they do to, 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 to subdue their flesh, to release the soul power. And, you know, you start Taoism, you speak Buddhism and Hinduism. They're into all of that. And you wonder why and people that's like, you know, these things that they do, the manifestations are so out of this world. Satan is behind it. You need to know that. Satan is behind it. And it will cause people to be tricked. Be tricked. I'll get into that in a moment. But let me, I know I dumped a lot on you right there. Some of you are going, oh, wow. Uh, but just hang with me here, okay? Just hang with me. 2 Corinthians 11. False apostles and deceitful workers who disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. That's what uh, Paul said to the church. He said, this is what's going to be indicative of the last days. This is what we have. This is what we have. False prophets. Paul was willing to mark such people as dangerous instruments of Satan. Why would Satan do that? Everywhere that Jesus went, Satan wasn't fleeing, he was watching. Jesus speaks in a synagogue, someone starts manifesting. Satan followed him because he wanted to know what is he up to, what is he doing, what is his plan, and, and God fooled him and fooled him and defeated the enemy. Can you say amen? Well, if we fast forward today, we still have it. Deception has not disappeared. It's still out there. A lot of times it's false prophets that, you know, they, they, they give them a microphone and an honorarium because, well, there's just some strange things that happen and, and that you wonder about it because it's like, well, these are just wonders and we chalk it all up, but we don't judge it in the, in the view and the lens of scripture. Can I get an amen? And, we, and those who are spiritual need to be able to discern these things. Why is it? Because people are so, hear me, so desperate to experience something, to see something exciting. Are you with me? And so they get caught up in this. So Satan is busy trying to unleash a new wave of deception in the church. And I want to encourage you, we're not going to buy into that. Amen. And that's one thing, you know, there are fads that come and go. Come on now, just look back in the last 40, 50 years. There's things that are come. How many of you know that in all truth, Satan brings mixture? He brings mixture. And so where there's something that may be a truth, Satan will come in and bring confusion and, and, and doubt and to make you want to just throw the whole thing away and we can't throw that baby out with that bath water. But we need, need to be able to decipher the truth. How many still love me? Say amen. You still with me? If you don't understand what's going on, just shake your head and smile. So we have this avalanche of new age doctrines that they're kind of mixed with spiritual truths. And what is it? The whole purpose of it is designed to turn people's hearts away from Jesus and, and, and his gifts in the truth of the gospel. And, and I just think about it. Maybe next week you'll get into this, but we have this mixing of the new age doctrine. <clears throat> um, one, one of them is that I just out there just tapped on is the re redefinition or the abandonment of the concept of sin. Now as they just don't talk about sin, you don't talk about sin in church. You know, it's just, it's just, it makes people feel bad. How many know sin is sin? It's real. Yeah. 
okay? And when we disobey, we sin. We didn't just kind of, you know, you know, just thought, you know, it's sin according to, 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 to God's eyes. And so there's this whole concept of no such thing as called sin. Uh, there's, there's another, uh, you know, deceptive doctrine out there, the denial of absolute truth. And uh, in other words, people become their own moral compass, you know? You know, when they read the Bible, and it's, it's like, it's not, uh, you know, God, what are you speaking to me? It's, what does this mean to me? That's a dangerous interpretation, church. I know this may be hitting some things, but it's not because we have focus groups and everything. What does this mean to me? You shall not fornicate. You know what? I love my boyfriend. We're going to get married soon. And, you know, it's okay. And so, and so to me, that, I'm disassociated with that because it doesn't apply to me because we're eventually going to get married. And that's deception. I said, that's deception. And that needs to be spoken against. It's deception. Because what you're doing, you're filtering God's truth through yourself. That's relativism. It's like, how does it affect me? No. How many know God's word is the final say? Amen? Yeah, I know there's some areas you may feel that they're gray, and we all, we have to pray through, you know, God, what is the answer to this? You know, I remember one time there was a, a gal, this is one situation, okay, you don't want to make it a blanket statement, but, you know, they had a baby that's be born, and the doctors told us that you need to abort this baby because it's what they call anencephalic. I mean, I don't know a whole lot medical term, but it's like it's born without a skull or something, and the brain's open, the baby won't won't live long, maybe, you know, live a couple hours or whatever. And so you need to abort this baby now. And she just couldn't, in her right mind, godly woman, she says, like, I, I just can't. She was trusting and praying and believing. And she said, no, I'm not going to do that. So she had that child. They bore, the child was alive for a few hours. They named the child. And they put, put a little, little cap on its head. And they just loved that little baby for two hours. Come on, church. That sanctity of life. And they, and they loved it. And then they had a funeral for that baby. That baby moved to heaven. Come on now. And, you know, so she doesn't have regret that, that, you know what I mean? Just come on now. Help me hear what I'm saying. So, so, so you know, there are things that, you know, we don't get. They may seem like gray areas, but you've got to do the thing that, that you know, your spirit is telling you to do. So, so why are so many people deceived? You know, recently there's a Netflix series out about the Messiah. Maybe you've seen parts of it. And it explores all lines of religion, faith, and politics. And the big question is, is he from God or not? And, and you know, it's just the, the producers, Mark Burnett and Romy Dowling, you know, they did Touched by an Angel, Shark Tank, all of that. And, and they just say this, that, that this series will have you, every of you asking the question, is he or isn't he? No, he's not. He's the Antichrist is what it is. But, but here's the thing. The point is this. Thousands flock to him. Because there's just the, the thought in the question of maybe he is someone. In it, there's a lady who has a child that has cancer, and so she travels miles and, 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 and to get the child healed. You know, we have that today. Amen. People running here and there looking, and it doesn't matter who it is. It doesn't matter. I don't even know what, care what you believe. Can you heal my son or daughter? Friends, that's dangerous. I said, that's dangerous. Christ is the healer. I said, Christ is the healer. Sure hope you all are dialing in here this morning. I'll get into some practical things here in a moment. Yeah, I'm almost done. But so, so my point is this, is why do people do this? You know, there are many reasons. People are looking for something real. They're looking for something that's transcendent, something that's beyond the normal and, and the physical realm. And some people are just trying to find meaning to their life. And Satan takes advantage of that. And it's a lot of it is because people do not know God's word. Now, one of the things I've stressed and will continue to stress to the day I die, you need a steady diet of God's word. 
Well, Pastor, I've been meaning to get around to it. It's been 18 years. I've been meaning to get around to it. You need a steady diet of God's word, not just for an hour and a half on a Sunday morning. You got to feed yourself. That is your responsibility, husbands. That is your responsibility, wives. That is your responsibility. Even as young kids, it is your responsibility. You're not going to be able to discern, to know God's word. You say, I can't understand the Bible. It's so confusing. Get a translation you understand. Get the message Bible. Get the amplified Bible. Get the good news translation we had in the 70s. Real simple. Get something you can understand and read. How many with me say amen? Amen. That is your responsibility. But some people, you know, they don't read God's word. And, or some people, they actually, they may have considered it, but their hearts are hardened. I thought this was interesting. I was reading this verse this morning. 1 Peter 2, 4 says this. It says, come to Jesus, the living stone. How many know he is the chief cornerstone? Amen? Come to Jesus, the living cornerstone, which uh, men tried and they threw away. I never saw that before. Come to Jesus, the living stone. He's the answer, which some men tried, but they threw away. Wow. But which is chosen and precious in God's sight to you and I. Amen? And so what happens is, is people, they don't, they, 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 they don't read the word of God. They don't have a steady diet of the word of God. And you know what? <clears throat> uh, you know, and, and, they, and they don't, they, don't they, they isolate themselves from, uh, they isolate themselves from church and the truth and ministry and God's fivefold gifts. Uh, how many know that God's given that to the body of Christ so we can grow? Amen. We can grow. That's why you're here this morning. You desire to grow. Good job. God has, has encouraged you in that to continue. And myself only, I have to grow myself. I have to study to show myself approved. And the second thing is, I'll just say, Satan is a deceiver. He is a deceiver, and he is out to deceive. Uh, very quickly, very quickly. Uh, let me just go through this about the Bible, some basics. These are the ABCs, okay? So now we come back off of all the soul and spirit and all that stuff. Let's just land right here of the importance of the word of God for every one of us. You ready? The Bible is God's word, not man's word. You have to settle that in your heart. If you don't understand that, you don't know that, you don't believe that, you need to wrestle that out and you need to you know, ask God to give you. It is either God's word or it's man's word. It's, but I believe the Bible is God's word. It is not man's word. 2 Timothy 3.16 says all scriptures. Somebody shout all. It's inspired. Things we don't understand. We have ministers today that are trying to explain away you know, the Old Testament. It doesn't apply to your life. Old and New Testament apply to my life. I'm just going to let you know that right now. Okay, well, pastor, you're deceived. You know what? I'd rather be deceived believing that God's word is God's word. Okay? I believe it. And so there are some hard things, things we understand. And there's things maybe metaphorically speaking, you know, that we can just take and apply to our lives today. All right? But it's inspired. It's inspired. All of it. <clears throat> Here's another thing. Basic ABCs of the Bible. The Bible must be interpreted. It must be interpreted. And once again, not, back, not, not what does this mean for me? No. What is God saying in this text? And then applying that. Amen? What is God saying? And so another thing here, basic, there is a right and wrong way to interpret Scripture. How many of you know, you know we all heard the thing about, <clears throat> um, you know, the guy who opened up the Bible, and he's like, God, give me a word, you know, and it said, he went to, to where it was Judas. He said, Judas went out and hung himself. And he goes, oh, that's not a good word. And he opened the Bible again and put it in and he said, go ye likewise and do it. No, you know, you can't, that's not how you interpret the Bible. Okay, amen? <laughs> and and so, so there's a right and wrong way. 2 Timothy 2.15 says that we are to rightly divide the word of truth. It actually means in the Greek to make a straight cut. 
been laying tile and flooring and some of it's cutting, but some of the flooring you can cut just with the, with the knife. And it's nice there when you got it and it's straight and you don't goof up and you, you can cut it nice and straight. It's really nice, that's what it means. But how many of you know when you're cutting, the object itself, it hurts, the, it doesn't hurt the object, but it's a spiritual point I'm trying to say. And sometimes the word will cut our hearts. I don't like that. You know, there's a series I did many years ago on the Ten Commandments. Uh, how many of you know that the moral law has not passed away? I just wanted to throw that out there. Uh, murder is still wrong. I mean, you know, so we have whole teachings today that that's all done away. Now, I understand it's the law of love we operate in as we operate on that higher law of love, love. How many of you know those are still there? I believe the Ten Commandments were in before the Ten Commandments. In Genesis, they were there. You can see that all through Scripture. My point is this, is that as I was sharing about it and I got to a, a, a situation uh, on one of the commandments, it upset some guy he was so mad and he was upset and his wife said he's just convicted that's all it is I went okay <laughs> keep preaching Pastor Mike amen it's all this it's all upset it's all fluff amen let me move on now watch this this is it and I, I need to end here <laughs> the Bible watch this is the measure of all God's speech to you this is from actually we're reading a book uh, Hearing God by Nathan Finocchio or Finocchio and he, he, he writes this and I thought it was an important point so that, 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 that's what this is from but he says that the Bible is the measure of all God's speech to you watch this he says this God you need to get this will never tell you to do something the Bible says is wrong God will never tell you to do something that the Bible says is wrong. God will never tell you to do something that the Bible says is wrong. That clears a lot of smoke right there. Amen? Amen. Um, so let me, I'm going to end here really quickly. Just give me a few minutes. Philippians 1.15. This is an interesting passage. It says, some indeed actually preach Christ out of envy and contentiousness. That's interesting. You would think everyone that preaches the gospel is going to do it with a pure spirit. It says, no, it says, but there are also others who do it from goodwill. I pray to do it from goodwill, amen? But there are some people, it says, that do it. And so what does that tell me? That in these last days, we're going to see some things that maybe seem, you know, a little bit questionable, but this God can still be in it. That's not because God is questionable, it's because he's dealing with broken vessels, how many of you know that if you get saved, but before you're saved, you're a goofball. After you get saved, you're still a goofball until you're transformed. Amen? Come on now. You know, we just think, you know, we still need our minds renewed. Amen? So I'm going to share some strange things, and then we're going to quit, just so we maybe lift the spirit here. I've had my, strange, uh, my share of strange things in the charismatic circles. I grew up back in the 1970s, the deliverance ministry, some of you know about that. And the big goal was, get them devils out of you and into a bucket. Come on now. Some of you remember that. You're going to think, what is he talking about? Yes, you mean, uh, we grew, that's what I grew up with. As a kid, as a teenager, I was around that. And my dad had a room that had a red carpet and he had paneling. How many remember paneling? Panel was all, the walls were red. Everything was red. Why? Because it was symbolic of the blood of Jesus. Yes, yes. So, so we would say, the carpet's red, the walls are red. Ah, the spirits get mad. Oh, man, there were some things at 12, 13, 14 years old I saw were so bizarre. But God was still there in some fashion. I don't know how to explain it, all right? It's just crazy. Now, God's not crazy, but people are crazy. How many with me say amen? People were set free. But see, here's the thing. Watch this. That experience to me with all the craziness, and it's really, it, it messed up my family a lot. Uh, it, but even with that, watch this. It, 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 
it had an enormous impact on my faith. An enormous impact. I need to keep myself in my vessel. I'm not going to go out there and go crazy, get on drugs. I'm not going to let them demons in my life. I don't want to you know, sleep around, whatever, get, you know, get a sexually transmitted disease, but oh my God, and, you know, lose my virginity. I want to be married. I want to be a virgin. I'm not going to allow those demons in my life. You know, it scared the bejesus out of me. Okay? Amen? I mean, it just scared me. And I, 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 I walked in that. I wasn't perfect. I wasn't a perfect kid, but I mean, that had a tremendous impact. And so with all the crazies, you know, uh, you know God's somehow still moved, and something somewhat normal came out of it. Me, I mean, I, I <laughs> you got to deal with the other weird part of me, but I'm sorry. Uh, anyhow, <laughs> you, know, you know, I'm talking about the voices, the voices in hearing, you know, discerning and discernment, and you know, how many know if you keep hearing a haunting voice, and it keeps telling you, and telling you, oh, you know what, leave your wife, leave your spouse, you know, leave that. How many know that's not the Holy Spirit speaking to you? Amen. I just thought I'd throw out there. You know, that God's voice, uh, that, 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 you know, you, it may be your flesh, you need to get your flesh under, self-control, but it could be an evil spirit oppressing you. Come on now. It could be that. Why? To destroy your life. And that's why we need Holy Spirit discernment in others in a healthy church setting. Now, here's the thing. Uh, almost done. Not everybody out there is ministering in error. Uh, I once heard about a confused young preacher. This was many years ago. It's kind of a funny story. And he was preaching. He was fervent. And his heart was right. But he's talking about the ailments that the Apostle Paul had with his physical son, Timothy. Did you just get that, some of you? If you don't know the Bible, you don't know what I just meant. Paul did not have a physical son named Timothy, but he had a son in the faith. Come on now. And he kept talking about how Paul's son, Timothy, and the struggles, and, and how Timothy, and his heart was broken, Paul, over Timothy, his son, his son, his son, physical son, and it wasn't even son. And so, he's had, so you could say, that guy's preaching false doctrine. You could say that at the end of the service. He had people come forward. People were saved. People were set free. How many of the guy's heart was right, but he had a little goofed up theology? Okay, come on now. Now, he still preached Christ. And so, you know, the Bible says we see in part. Come on now. It's like in a dark, a glass darkly. We don't see the whole picture. And times, you know, I'm not seeing this clearly, but God wants us to show more and more light. Amen? So, uh, you know, I think about this. I heard this illustration many years ago. When you're sick... How many of you know your body should produce more white blood cells to fight off the infection? And, and this illustration was like the heresy hunters that are out there, and there, there's some of them, Dave Hunt and, and some of these guys out there, and, and I, you know, I believe they're doing what they feel that they need to do to bring clarity, and, and that's kind of like the, those white blood cells in the body. How many of you know that you need them to fight infection? But when you have too many of them, hear me, it's a disease called leukemia. Is that right? From a medical standpoint. And that's the rapid production of abnormal, all these white blood cells, and that means death to the body. We need a balance. Somebody shall balance. We need to have truth, God's truth, and we need to have a balance within them. So we're not spiritual headhunters. You know, some of you heard the, the story. I've shared this before. Back in 1987, after I got out of the military and Marines, um, I was with a South African friend. He goes, yo, there's some, there's some prophetic meetings at the Holiday Inn. <clears throat> I was like, I'm in. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I see something crazy, you know? And I was used to that. And so I, like, I went. And so it's, you know, predominantly it's all African-American, you know, believers, wonderful believers, precious, you know, love God because they sing for hours, you know, and they're just, 
So I'm in this meeting and, and uh, with this, my South African friend. And so they bring up the prophetess. Some of you heard me tell the story. Prophetess Sister Bloomfield. She was 66 years old. Little fragile thing. And she would walk up, but she was fiery. And um, so I'm thinking, I'm kind of watching what's going on. I'm like, uh-oh, this is back to going up in the 70s and crazies. Here's the crazies. And so another guy gets up and prophesies. He's good. She's going to receive seven times the anointing of God. And so he you know, lays a table out and decides to fill seven huge glasses of water. And as you drink, come on now, every one of these glasses, the anointing is going to, I'm thinking, that lady weighs about 90 pounds. This is not going to work with the water. So she, you know, went all over, you know, grabbed the hallelujah, about half a glass. And they're, come on. And it's like, this is not happening. In the meeting, she's preaching. She turns to me and I'm already sitting right there. She goes, I see you going overseas. Man, I just, just came overwhelmed. I see you preaching overseas in foreign nations, boy. And I see God, I just started to weep. How in this crazy situation, come on now, this thing going on and God speaking to me because God loves people. And he works through broken vessels. We can't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Doesn't mean we need to have crazies. We need to speak to that and judge those situations. Think, okay, that was a little bit off. God bless you. God was here though. That so impacted my life. And I remember to this day. Amen. But there's deliberate deceivers that are out there. And Lord willing, we'll just get into some of this next week and some practical steps I want to give you. Some, some solid points how you can discern and go, you know what? I don't know. There's something that's checking my spirit here. This doesn't seem right. I, I don't, even though a lot of people may be going to it or whatever, and they say it's God, but I'm not feeling, I'm not, I, I need wisdom in that. Stand with me if you would, please. Here's how I felt I was just praying to, to, to kind of challenge us here this morning as, as we end talking about spiritual discernment. And I said this before, the thing about deception is that it's deceiving. You don't know you're deceived. You think you're right. And we don't want to be people that's deceived. Can I get an amen? And so God wants us to have, there's a spirit of discernment. And he wants us to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. Amen. And so this means even for your marriage, let's break it down practically, not just for false prophets. Even in your marriage, some of you need God's wisdom and truth in it. Because there, I can tell you this, there are voices speaking in your marriage that are not God. Let me say that again. There are voices speaking in your marriage that are not the Holy Spirit. They are lies of the enemy, and if you operate on them, it'll destroy your future. Amen, Pastor Mike. That's the truth. Every head bowed, please. Perhaps maybe that you were hurt by something deceiving or something growing up and it just shipwrecked you and you felt, well, if that's the way it is, if that's what church is all about, I don't want no part of it. And your heart is hard. You have a hard heart. God wants to heal your heart, sir, ma'am, young person. He wants to heal your heart. Maybe it was erroneous teaching. Maybe you got caught up in something you think, what was I believing? What was I part of? God, forgive me. Maybe some of you just jaded, jaded and just not all in. You're not all in with Jesus. You're not all in what he has for you. Just, just, just kind of holding back. Church, there's freedom here today in Jesus. And through the power of the Holy Spirit, I believe that there's healing and freedom for your life.
But first, I just feel, and for our listening audience, pray for those that you need to get back right with God. You've, you've fallen away. You need to get connected back in. You need to take that step of faith. And you say, you know what? I need to surrender afresh and anew. If that's you, let's pray together. Pray with me. Say this. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Jesus, I give you my life. Now take it. Jesus, fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your truth. I renounce all the lies of Satan over my mind, over my marriage, over my family, over my business. In Jesus' name, I break the lies of Satan. Get out of my life. Get off of my family. In Jesus' name. May I feel God on that. In the name of Jesus. Be gone, Satan, you deceiver. Be gone, you demons. We receive all that you have for us. Lord, I just thank you for healing now. Christ, the healer coming. I want to invite the altar workers in this precious moment, in this, in this Holy Spirit moment. I just really feel even some couples and, and maybe individuals, or I don't know what you're going through personally, but maybe you're saying, I'm, we're in the middle of it, Pastor, and we just need hands laid upon us. You don't even need to get into the details. These are safe men and women. These are prayed up men and women. They are here for you. Do not leave here without having the prayer of agreement if you feel that God is talking at your heart to do that come forward and receive of the Lord let me bless you Father I thank you for the people of God and their attentiveness I bless them now in the name of Jesus thank you Lord for that I just sense that deliverance that went through in this whole auditorium right now deliverance over your people oppression being gone in the name of Jesus and a lightness coming over a clarity I pray a clarity of vision Father God and understanding a clarity in our viewing of our spouse Father God in our, our situations Clarity, Holy Spirit, clarity, I pray. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, God bless you. Thank you for joining us today in the ministry of God's word. My prayer today is that you will experience a new revelation of who Christ is in you. Feel free to make as many copies of this message as you like. For more information about Church for the Harvest scheduled ministry times and meeting place, please visit us at churchfortheharvest.com or contact the church office at 320-759-1400. At Church for the Harvest, you belong.